Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen T. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meats at stayclassymeats.com, where you can use promo code Wide Men to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WideMenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter, at Wide Jump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. who's back ladies and gentlemen i had that on cue and we just haven't played it in a while and i just like that song but welcome back it's wide men can't jump we have returned here on our normal night wednesday night it's good to be back plenty to talk about in terms of sports and there's a lot to talk about and come back there's going to be plenty to get into there's covid cases breaking out again people are coming out testing positive and meanwhile, the leaders in charge are saying, well, if we don't want positive tests, we shouldn't test so much. Yep. Anyway, joining me as always, from the great white north, my man, my man, the bread man, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't understand that, you haven't tasted his wear, Tim Dombrova. This is Radio Free COVID coming to you live from the Great White North. <laughs> as far as we know, I mean, I haven't been tested. Oh no, <laughs> my, well, no, but but where I am at, we're 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 sans COVID at this point. Um, that could change tomorrow, but <laughs> as of last reporting, we have no active cases in our area, so we are thankful. Well. That's good. That, that's a good sign up there. Of course, you know, COVID, it's, they don't want to travel up there. It's too cold for them, the COVID even folks. The, yeah, even the COVID. Well, they really get along very well with the polar bears, I'm, I'm, I understand. So. Yeah, yeah, and they're not big in the Eskimo world either, so they, they really don't want to deal with careful, that. Care, careful, careful, careful. I could get us canceled. Careful. Didn't you see very the Eskimo pie? Didn't you see the Eskimo pie thing? No. Uh, you're not allowed to call it Eskimo pie anymore. That's that's Eskimo is a, is an unacceptable term now. Apparently, they are hmm. Inuits. They are Inuits. I guess is the correct terminology. Okay. So Inuit. I I, I didn't know Nathan. 
statement. Oh, what? What are you wearing a Tom Robinson suit today? Or <laughs> well, I mean, I'm trying to be correct here. I mean, <laughs> you can say Inuit, but not in connection with that ice cream confectionery. That's not allowed. Well, what either. do we call the ice cream then? What do we They're call it? a new name. Uh, I don't know. Ice cream sandwich. That's what they call the rest ah, of it. Ah, that's uh, lame. Well, I don't care. I'm just telling you what the Inuit people say. They don't want to be named uh, an ice cream sandwich named after them anymore. And okay, fine, fine, fine. The uh, bo- that's just the way it is. So. We'll call it the bogus gelato. <laughs> Comes with a dipping sauce. Yes. It's <laughs> the only de- it's the only it's the only frozen deep fried food you can eat. <laughs> Filled with marinara sauce. <laughs> it's it's like an ice cream sandwich, but when you bite into it, it's deep fried and it's filled with ranch dressing. That dog <laughs> must be like uh, I don't know. Maybe he had to go back to work or something because I haven't seen any Ed Bogus like uh, food postings in a, in a few days. So <laughs> he uh, he may be saving himself for the dunk <laughs> the the contest that's coming up. <laughs> he's in training the, for the. Uh, he's in training. For the dunk, uh, what is it now? Dunk, dance, dance, devour? dance, dunk and devour, dance, dance dunk, dunk and devour, devour whatever it was. Uh, yes. I've, I've heard uh, rumors that uh, Dick Pound is about to announce it's uh, going to be an Olympic uh, demonstration sport in uh, yes. 2021. So that's a good thing. That's a good good thing to look forward to. Not trying to be mean, but Dick Pound, that's uh, a that's a name. That's a name what right a name, there, isn't it? Yeah, and then on top of it, like no offense to him, he's rather an abrasive character. Yeah, he's known as kind of a dick. Yeah, I mean, he's well-named. I wonder if his name is actually Richard Kilogram. <laughs> uh, if that's so, then would, would that make him... Uh, that make him... Something. Well, it'd be Dick 2.2 pounds. True. If that's the... Or, or the, what? The metric conversion there. Richard 16 ounces. <laughs> We've gotten this. This is terrible podcasting. Oh, this is just awful. We, we found a rabbit hole and fell right down it. Yeah, it is awful. And people are and the people listening right now are going, what the huh? Hell? <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in some Eastern Bloc country. Some woman is yelling at her husband, look up Richard, 16 ounces. Who the hell is this guy? What is an ounce? <laughs> what are they talking about? Cocaine? <laughs> no, we will not talk about cocaine. No, uh, no, no. Even we stay away from that stuff. But but anyhow, let's, uh, let's, let's zip over to the, uh, I just saw that Jabari Parker tested positive for coronavirus here yes recently. he did uh javari parker has tested positive and that's uh, man i got a lot of news here i got a lot oh, of news hold, I'll on, tell you what. hold on hold on though yes before we do that yes my old my old man memory just kicked in okay wes unslid oh yes yes we're only about a month behind <laughs> 16 ounces Nate. yes <laughs> <laughs> Roughly, we're, we're we're behind about we're we're a little behind, but yes, Wes Unseld um, a few weeks ago passed away, and we it, you know I had it down, and I went over it. It 
uh, you know, I hate that, that we, I hate that we missed it. I really do. But we've got, um, apparently you have a, Bobby you know, we got to pay our respects like, to the memory. You have a Bobby blaze like Mike going on. Cause you're cutting out again, Bobby. I'm going to start calling you Smedley jr. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. Could be the internet, but who knows? Anyways, uh, yes, condolences to his family, Rip, all that good stuff. Pretty good player. Yeah, Very good player. And one of the best passers you'd ever want to see, Wes Unseld. He was a fantastic, fantastic player. And we do hate that he's gone. And, you know, we we hate we took so long to bring it up. It's Unseld? Is that what you said? Yes, Wes Unseld. Okay, I called him Unsled. That was wrong of me. <laughs> Wes Unseld. That's, that's the Canadian coming out of me, Sled. Well, you did your job at least reminding me on, uh, on oh, that we needed man. to bring that up. All right. Anyway, back to the COVID in basketball and baseball and tennis players right. and race car drivers and golf caddies and everybody else and their son testing positive. Well, let's go ahead. I got plenty of news that we're going to dive into here. Before we do, though, before we start talking COVID, we start talking news, updates from major sports. Uh, let's pay a couple bills here. Let's hear from our great friend and sponsor, and he's been busy the past few days, Stephen P. New. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game systems, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Again, thanks to our wonderful sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New and the good folks at Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. All right, let's dive into some news and notes here from the past week. I know there's plenty to talk about, plenty to get into. Um, What I've got right now in front of me, uh, our good buddy Rod Beard has uh, confirmed that Troy Weaver will be the new general manager of the Pistons. 
So the Pistons, if you're a Detroit fan, um, they got a new general manager. So that's that's something we the can't really dive too much into. But these are just some things that you know you can put out there and say. The Alex Mavericks assistant Jamal Mosley has permission to interview for the Knicks coaching job. So you know the Knicks are still looking for a coach. Here was one that I found interesting. Uh, to be eligible to sign a rest of season contract, players must have held an NBA or G League contract this season or were not under contract this season with a professional team outside of the U.S. Free agents like Jamal Crawford, J.R. Smith, Nick Young, and Demarcus Cousins, who spent much of the season with the Lakers, are eligible to sign rest of the deal seasons. Greg Monroe, after spending this season in Germany, is back in the U.S., but he is not Stevenson, would not be eligible to sign a rest of your contract. So what do, you, what do you think about that, that if you played overseas this season, like maybe you were in the NBA last year, or you know even like DeMarcus Cousins, who was hurt, and he was on the Lakers roster, but he didn't, you know, he didn't come out and go to a, um, you know, he didn't play. He was just on the roster. He's eligible to sign and play. But Greg Monroe, Lance Stevenson, guys like that or not? What do you think of that? I don't know. I'm 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 trying to think of what what the logic is behind it, or if there is any for that matter. It's in the NBA after all. Um, yeah, well, I because I would have thought they would have tried to have kept the pool of players uh, fairly large in case there's some COVID issues. You would think that, but I mean. I don't know. It's one of those. Maybe it's something to do with the PA and CBA and all that stuff. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a, it's an interesting concept, an interesting way to look at it. Um, But I'm not sure how, how, keeping other players that were played overseas. I guess I guess they just don't want to have some kind of breach contract or something. Maybe that's kind of the issue. Maybe they're saying, okay, we don't want players who, like, maybe will end up getting sued by some of these overseas teams or something. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they don't want guys who've been overseas to come back to the States. Well, like, I'm saying a lot of the guys are back that were overseas. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Really can't be it then. I, I, I don't know. You got me. <laughs> Well, another uh, another piece of news, Cade Cunningham, who is the potential number one pick in the NBA draft, uh, he opted to stay at Oklahoma State. And the interesting part here is not only did he opt to stay at Oklahoma State, they're banned from postseason play. So Oklahoma State is not going to be in the postseason. They won't be playing. But yet he decided to stay there for another year, which interesting if you ask me. Um, Especially yeah, since it the, looks uh, like he can't really improve his draft stock too much. I was going to say, what does next year's draft class look like compared to this year's? Is he, I'm, buddy? I mean, uh, somebody you know, above no, my no, pay grade no. is going to have to answer okay, that. One. Just, I mean, because that could be a reason if if he's looking at his. Although, man, if he's coming out at the top of the list anyway, it doesn't get much better than that. So. Yeah, that that was kind of my that was kind of my thing with it was. I mean, he, does, he, does he care about his education? I mean, that's a weird thing to say, but it's possible. 
possible. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason for that. I mean, there's no reason to think he doesn't. I don't I mean, know. I don't know. But... Maybe he wanted just to have a full season. I, I don't know. But it seems like a, a guy, your you're potential number one, people are looking at you saying, okay, you're going to be a top pick, but you decide to stay. I was kind of surprised by that one. Yeah, but Oklahoma State wasn't – I mean, them not making the playoff – not being able to go postseason really doesn't mean much. They weren't very good anyway. Yeah, they really weren't. I don't know. I mean, I, I can't it, – it's one of those things where I kind of can't say why or why not, but that's that's I guess that's something for him to, I mean, to decide. And, hey, I mean, I wish him good luck, and it, it's neat to see a kid – would rather come back to school instead of making all that money, but maybe I, I don't know. Maybe there's a the COVID might have had a reason or possible. I mean, it's pretty strange. Uh, let's see what he had to say. I'm just looking at an article. See if he go ahead, go ahead, check it out. Really um, any re, any real reasons? Um, this is fascinating radio, ladies and gentlemen. Fascinating podcast. Sorry, I say radio all the time, but. I mean, the coach is saying he had, you know, or I guess not the coach because their coach is the reason they're mm-hmm. <laughs> taking the beating. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't, you know, it doesn't really expect it to be one of the best players in college. He never really gave a reason. Hmm. Well, maybe he just wanted to stay. I don't know. Maybe he likes it there. I just couldn't tell you. Maybe he's uh, how old is he? You know, maybe he needs. A, maybe he's well. Maybe he's one of the rare ones who actually realizes perhaps another year in in college would be better for him than going to the pros. Let me see here how old this guy is. Uh... I, don't I don't know that, but I mean that that I mean a lot of guys do not benefit from going there as quick as they go there, even though I understand why they come out and. Uh, you know, to get the big bucks and all that, but yeah, he's eighteen. Okay, so he could probably another year in college isn't going to hurt him. No, no, all. I wouldn't think so. You know, who knows? Yeah, Maybe I, he's having an awful lot of fun in college and would just like to have some more of it without the pressures of the tournament and all that to worry about. Uh, it's a possibility too. Uh, I don't know. It's. It's interesting. You don't see that very often. Is Oklahoma State known as a big party school? Honestly, I I have no idea. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's hoping. That. Maybe he's hoping to put on some weight. He's six seven two fifteen. Um, I don't know. That's pretty big. <laughs> I mean, that uh, that seven and eleven record might have something to do with it. I don't know. Just saying. Maybe. Um. I don't know. He may not have. Has he even played this year? I have no idea. You would have to think. How could he be the second-ranked guy in the draft if he hasn't played? That would be unless he's hurt. Ah, okay. Hold on. Just figured it out. Just figured it out. Okay. He his only other options. This this is why. This is why. His options was according to this. He was a top twenty-five recruit. In the class of 2020, he's a consensus five-star recruit, one of the best players in his class. He got offers from Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, 
and they thought he would go to Oklahoma State because the program hired his brother as an assistant coach. He announced he committed to Oklahoma State. He became the highest-ranked commit in program history and the first fi- first five-star recruit to join Oklahoma State since Marcus Smart. In June 2020, NCAA imposed a postseason ban. However, he stated he would still stay with Oklahoma State instead of going to another school or the G League. So he couldn't go to the NBA yet. That was why yeah. he's staying there. And his brother's the coach. I think we just cracked the case. That's uh, NCAA violations just waiting to happen there, isn't it? Absolutely, it's an NCAA violation waiting to happen. Well, but, what uh, happened to, uh, whatever, whatever happened to that other guy who, who uh, I can't even remember his name. His coach was an ex-player, and look at look at the beating he took. How is this any different? I can't even remember that guy's name. We talked about it though. Um, the, the, the guy was an ex-player and is a coach now, but he had given some money to the family when he wasn't a coach. Oh, yeah, yeah, the the Memphis player, yeah. And, uh, they, and, they, and they still dumped all over him. So yeah, was it was uh, um, Penny Hardaway. Right. I remember now. I remember this right. now. Yeah, okay. So how is, how is this not at least worthy of a look-see? Now we well, I believe they had hired. I believe they had hired his brother a couple of years ago. I don't know if they were just waiting on him or – I mean, I guess right, you could make that leap. But still, you could go, okay, is there any connection between the fact that we give your brother a job and he works here and that's why you're committed here? Or, you know, I guess that'd be hard to prove. But they get crazy about other stuff that's even dumber than that. So Yeah, although, that's true. With the, new, with the new rules now, I don't know. I haven't heard anybody really address how they're going forward with uh, – now that so many states have got the pay for play or play for pay thing going on, that that's going to be a, a whole nother just messy situation to get into. Um, here's a piece. Well, here's a piece of news, um, and this isn't even about sports really. Uh, Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze is back, baby. If in case you didn't know, we're letting it be known. Our good buddy uh, Bobby Blaze and Jeremy Vilmer and Tex and all the guys, they're back. And uh, go check out their podcast. Cheap plug for them. So now, if I've got this straight, uh, Bobby got lost. <laughs> Jeremy couldn't. He he, Jer- he pulled a Tom Robinson, and they couldn't track him through his phone. <laughs> I'm I'm getting this clear. Uh, Vilmer uh, fell asleep on his futon. Well, I mean, it's a comfortable futon. And, and stayed that way for months. And Tex, well, God, he's apparently, from what I read on Facebook, Tex is chewing his own tongue today, he said. So, did you see that post? <laughs> I did, actually. <laughs> like, like, this guy have, I mean, I don't know a man walking the face of the earth that has worse luck than him in the last six, eight months. Reading his Tex- Facebook page, it's incredible. Tex Johnson is the only man I know who could roll a seven with one dice, so or one die as they say. And yeah, but, you know that all being said, what a trooper! I mean, holy absolutely. Shit. Still as positive, still making jokes. Uh, apparently, he's become the leader of the uh, <laughs> of the guys who are there for treatment. He's kind of the leader of the of the guys who like to bitch and complain, from what I read. Yeah, what a. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it is pretty awesome. 
But, yeah, the guys are back, so they're good friends of ours, and we hope you check them out. Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze podcast. They're back. Go check them out. You'll love it, especially if you're into pro wrestling. These guys are fun. Bobby's a great guy. Jeremy's a great guy. Tex is great. Just go check them out. Show them some love. And they didn't even have to pay for that. That's a free one for you guys. Uh, They're uh, great. Are you going to plug that other thing you're on? I can. I mean, the In This League podcast, the In This Ring podcast with myself (laughs) and Joe Pizzapia. I don't even know what it's called. Well, it's the In This Ring podcast that's on the In This League (laughs) network. So it's me, it's Joe Pizzapia uh, from Fantasy Black Book. We talk wrestling for about an hour every week. We just released the newest episode of that. I took over as a co-host when um, Tim Heaney had to step away. So I've been there for a little while now with Joe. And we've been having some good times talking a lot about modern wrestling. So if you're into modern pro wrestling, go download the In This This Ring podcast. It's everywhere you find podcasts. And Joe and I appreciate it. Okay, now that you're done plugging that, are you going to plug that other thing I asked you if you were going to plug? Just the other one I'm on? No, no, no. That oh. that other that other wrestling thing you got something to do with that. Oh, you probably should call well, if you're not doing too. anything, come July 18th, All Star Wrestling returns. <laughs> As we've just <laughs> dived into a plug segment here, All Star Wrestling right. is back in front of people, but we will be adhering to social distancing guidelines and masks will be available and all those great things uh that everybody needs to be involved in but uh all-star wrestling returns in the house will be jimmy hart vicky guerrero will both be in madison west virginia come on out tickets are 13 dollars. bell times at seven o'clock come hang out enjoy some great wrestling all-star wrestling we got some great matches lined up for you i hope you enjoy it come on out have some fun with us come meet vicky guerrero and jimmy hart and uh, Madison, West Virginia, July 18th. Be there. Be there. Now that you said that uh, to, to this old Canadian country boy, uh, give me the geography on Madison once. I mean, location to Logan or the places I know. Uh, if, you, if you come to Charleston, West Virginia, it's about 20 minutes south of Charleston. Now, and how close is this to Shinston? Oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> let me. Hold on. I'll you don't know. You. Oh, God damn. Jesus. I don't think I've ever even been to Shinston. But it's the, of, it's the home of the sinkhole. How can we not know this? Well, Shackleford. I, mean, I know Shackleford, that, you're fired. I... <laughs> Shackleford. You're fired. Do your, do your McMahon. You're fired. <laughs> no, I think that. I think that was your Pritchard doing, McMahon. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, Madison is about two hours and 45 minutes uh, from Shinston. Okay. Cause I, I had heard there was there was possibility of uh, a bogus sighting, but two hours, that's a pretty good drive for wrestling. So He drove, uh, to, <laughs> he drove further than that to come to a basketball game at the Logan Fieldhouse, so you never know. Uh, but that's hoops, you know. Uh, bogus and hoops, you know, synonymous, really. Um, well, there'll be Gino's Pizza there, so that might get Bogus in the building. There's also yeah, sheets. There's also and, sheets on the way as well, so and, that may. Uh, and it's a diet-free Coke zone. <laughs> There's regular and diet Coke. I, I butchered so, that. I said a diet-free Coke zone. That made no sense yeah, whatsoever. That, that that you lost me there, but there it was. 
All right, anyway. You know, longer to sustain for the Diet Coke, but anyway. All right, um, here, back to the sports now that we've got all the plugs out of the way. Um, Portland Trailblazers forward Trevor Ariza is opting out of participation in the NBA Orlando restart of the season. He's committing instead to a one-month visitation window with his young son. So instead of going and playing um, the rest of the season, he's decided he's just going to stay with his kid. I can respect okay, that. Yeah, I can respect that more than wasn't there. Who's the guy from the Lakers who wasn't going to play? Avery Bradley. Yeah, did he have a reason other than that he just didn't want to be in the bubble? I I haven't really looked honestly. I'd have to check. Uh, all right, I just I saw that he didn't want to, and there were some people talking. Wow, I mean, okay, it was Twitter. No, I mean, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say anybody that. I don't know. I'm not going to say that somebody should or shouldn't um, decide to go or not go. It's really a personal decision. I can understand if guys don't want to come play. I mean, I totally get it. But at the same time, it's your job. If you don't come play when your team asks you to, um, I don't know. I don't know how excited I would be to have you on my team. Does that make yeah, sense? You, you, yeah, you got to be a little bit nervous about when your next contract rolls around or whether they might cut you loose, those kinds of things, because... Yeah, I mean... I mean it, it's a take, fine line. It's a fine line. It, it, it is, but my take on the whole COVID thing is, is I cannot believe, like, unless... Depending on where they're at, I'll, I'll caveat, it, caveat it with that. But I can't imagine that if you live in any kind of a city of any size that you're any more at risk in the bubble than you would be, you know, in Chicago or Detroit or New York or any of these places. Right um, now, Florida's really become a hotbed. It's really become ooh, a You know, remember, messy. Uh, remember, remember about two months ago when uh, the beaches were full of people and <laughs> yep. all that? Yeah, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember. I remember. The member berries, I remember. Yeah, I mean, so I won't say for sure that it's linked to that, but uh, I don't imagine it helped. <laughs> it didn't help. It definitely did yeah. not help. So, I mean, there is that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess at least I'll give him credit for at least saying it now before things get started or, you know, do they get they all get there and then they decide they don't want to be there and all that. At least they're coming up and, and they're you know, doing it up front and there's no, well, and they're also allowing, um, I think they're the allowing team. guys, they're allowing teams. If they let, if they let their teams know ahead of time that they're not coming, they're allowing teams to sign guys who are willing to come and, and play. So that, that's a good thing to me as well. Florida's yeah, becoming a hotbed yeah. though. Right now. I just saw that a bunch of, uh, WWE staffers mm-hmm. and in-ring talent have all suffered, uh, have, have tested positive. Well, the story goes that the uh, WWE didn't, after they had that first person test positive. Yeah, they, they didn't quarantine. Removed, well, they removed him and, and shut down for a day, but they didn't test anybody. So who knows? You know, at that point, you've kind of, like, once you start testing you and you got a positive, you got to keep testing or else how do you know? I mean, it seems kind of. Like, I know that's some Trump logic there, but um, 
I, I don't know. I mean, a company the size of WWE, they got to do better than that. That's all I know. You you would definitely think so. Um, but again, I'm not I'm not casting judgment. Uh, it's kind of a kind of a double edged sword there. So, uh, but you, but you got to think you got to be a little smarter than that if you can. Mind you, in the same breath, you've also you're also kidding yourself if there aren't going to be some. I mean. From what I've been reading, almost all the professional athletes that have tested positive had no clue. You know, they're not sick or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, they're just getting tested, and and it turns out that it's positive. So, so, and they're they're asymptomatic. Yeah, so I don't really know. I mean, how bad that really is. Like when you see the headlines, you know, three guys test positive for COVID, and they make it sound like you know that they that's a death sentence or something, and it's not for those guys. Might be for some other people, but it isn't for professional athletes for the most part. Anyway, I haven't heard of yeah. any athletes that have got it that have gotten real sick. Most of them are just. You know, I haven't heard none of that. Yeah, I mean, I just said, you know, I agree with you, and then I had to mute my microphone because I had to call. Oh. Uh, well, that might be why I didn't hear any of it. <laughs> Jesus, I think we probably we probably ought to start editing this show because goddamn, no, no, they're gonna hear what we do. <laughs> That's the point. All right, let's change gears a little bit. We got plenty more NBA to talk about. Plenty more NBA to talk about. But let's talk about something that uh, you and I both did not think would happen. Major League Baseball has set a schedule. They're coming back, ladies and gentlemen. Major League Baseball has returned. Well, they will return starting July 24th to the 26th. Spring training is July 1st, and they are back. Tim, what do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, at least you at least at least you're honest, right? <laughs> well, I woke up. Um, no, uh, I don't know. I still think Major League Baseball might have blown it. At least they're getting something, and and a lot of people have been on my case. Oh, you hated baseball, Nate. We didn't think you like. Look, I'm not a, I'm not a baseball fan. I'll watch it though. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not a big baseball fan, but. It's something. I mean, I will watch it. I I will admit. I will turn it on <laughs> yeah, because at this point, I've watched more NASCAR races in the past few weeks than I've I've watched in years. This I mean, is didn't something. Somebody didn't somebody say that ESPN had on professional cornhole the other night? Yeah, man. Yeah. So people will watch that. I mean, what's base? I mean, sure, it's <laughs> I mean, a, a quite a bit. Sure, it's quite a bit more exciting than baseball. But <laughs> Well, I mean, the the best part about professional cornhole is you can just be plastered while you're playing. That's the that's the fun part. Um, but yeah, I mean, baseball baseball is finally the the players' association came to an agreement with the owners. I don't know about the money. Um, I haven't read anything about money. I'm not sure what the agreement is. Uh, let me see what I can find here on hey, baseball's well, comeback. Here's some things, though, all right, I just found about that. Okay, we're going to have the Universal DH this this season. Yeah, that we uh, talked about that last okay, week. So that's uh, that's, that's going to become thing. a thing. That looks like it's going to become a thing for the, the rest of – Probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
the extra innings, if the game is tied, they will start the 10th with a man on second base to try to get that, you know. Try to get try the to game get over with. <laughs> yeah, to try to get that run in ASAP so we don't bore everybody to death. Um, I think they should. I think they should adopt that for for good. There will be no suspended games this season. Um, if you get rained out before the fifth inning, uh, they will just be resumed at where they were stopped, so you won't restart a game. You know, if you play five innings and in or four and three quarters and it gets stopped, they won't just. They don't write that off and start all over from scratch again. They'll just pick yeah, up you just pick up where off. you left off, like you probably should. Yeah. Um, okay. The transaction freeze ends Friday at noon Eastern, mm-hmm. so sign, signings and trades and all that sort of stuff can start happening. Uh, all teams will get to carry sixty players because of like no minor league season and all that stuff. And the roster size will be 30 players per team, down to 28 on the 15th day of the season, and then to 26 two weeks after that. Now, I don't know how that compares to what normally is, but I'm guessing it's more. Uh, Okay, here is a biggie, though. All hitters will now have to bring their own pine tar, bat donuts, and other equipment to and from the on-deck circle. And you also have to retrieve your own caps, gloves, sunglasses, blah, blah, blah. Nobody can pick up your glove and throw it to you from the dugout, all that kind of stuff. Won't see yeah. any of that anymore. So guys guys who just uh, hit a lazy grain ground ball to short and got thrown out at first, don't get to stand in the infield and wait for somebody to bring them their shit out. They got to take, yeah. take the walk of shame back to the dugout. Well, I mean, that's probably a good idea. Uh, all ba- all baseballs used in batting practice will only be used for batting practice. They will never be used for anything else. Uh, they're going to have a, a significant uh, more amount of balls because they will clean and sanitize them and will not reuse them for five days. So they're going to have a lot more baseballs. So that's kind of interesting. I hope those guys that are juicing those things are busy at work. Um <laughs> And that's about Jeez. all I see here. But, but that's a lot. Well, Kim, you think about it. I mean, they're going to be if like if they don't use baseballs. I mean, they go through enough baseballs as it is. Yeah, they do. I wonder if, I wonder if they'll have somebody in the. Hey, now I wonder if they thought of this. What do you think of this idea? Every major league baseball stadium puts, you know, we cordon off the the stands and we assign it to a kid. And if you get a foul foul ball hit into that the area, the kid gets to keep it. Maybe, but again, I guess you don't want to take the chance of. They don't even have to be there. You could just like draw it, you know, like, okay, uh, tonight's the stadium is divided into, you know, 42 portions and we've drawn 42 names from the local, you know, whatever it is, minor league baseball association or whatever it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, t- tonight left field belongs to, you know, uh, Nate Smith. Little Nate, uh, if any home runs get hit over there, Nate's going to get the balls. Major League Baseball will collect them and sanitize them and ship them. Oh out well, I mean, yeah, I mean, if it's something like that, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I mean, no, I think that'd be pretty cool. Well, it might get some more people to watch. Because yeah, it's going to be. I mean, that, that would get that get some interest, and I don't know. Maybe they could do it for like maybe they could do it for like kids, and like maybe they're in the children's hospitals or yeah, or something, or something like, like that. that. 
you know, they got Tom Robinson patrolling left field for Major League <laughs> Baseball. Jesus Christ. For the ARC fund. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> send an ARC send an ARC to school. <laughs> send an ARC to therapy. All right, anyway, let's <laughs> let's continue <laughs> on. Oh, that was uh, the best one of the night so far, and no one else will get it. <laughs> All right, so baseball's coming back. Uh, I mean, that's and, – and, and I'll <laughs> – damn it. Major League Baseball in association with the – presents. Mountain Dew. <laughs> Save an orc. Mordor League orc. Baseball. But <laughs> – Well, I'm on a roll, ain't I? Oh, God damn. Yeah, now I pop for Mordor League Baseball. That's a great one. <laughs> one of these days, everybody's going to realize what the hell we're talking about, and we're going to have General, some explaining to do. General Manager Sauermon is... Uh... <laughs> Commissioner Treebeard. Uh, anyway, oh, <laughs> we're, just, oh, we're yeah. nerding out over here right now, if you haven't noticed. All right. <clears throat> All right, let's go back to the to the NBA. Back to the NBA. Woj has, has been on a tear the past few days. Nikola Jokic has tested positive for coronavirus in Serbia. His return to the U.S. is delayed. He's been asymptomatic, and he tested positive a week ago. He's expected to be cleared to travel to Denver within a week. Tim, you kind of you kind of broke the news to me about maybe where he got this from and and what happened. Yeah. My understanding, well, not my understanding, he held a tennis tournament. And from what I read, they did not practice social distancing, et cetera. And, well, that's what happened. A bunch of players, a couple of wives, the last thing I read. um, Apparently, uh, like, just not handled well from any angle that you can conceive. Uh, I'm trying to find the story. I read it, and then I just shook my head because I couldn't believe that uh, uh, lack of recommended protocols at his exhibition tour resulted in a number of positive positive tests for players, including himself, and he has opened himself up to extreme criticism because they just, like, goofed, uh, period. And I guess maybe in Serbia, I don't know what the COVID is like over there, but you know, maybe because he's who he is, maybe he got away with it. I don't know, but um, apparently it was. Gonna yeah, be I mean, interesting that he would. Interesting, he would be at a tennis tournament, and uh, he's really taking a lot of crap over this, from what I've read. I mean, he got. Like I said, I mean, his wife has got it. Uh, uh, one of the other guys has a wife that's pregnant, and she's got it. And oh man, that's. I mean, that's or, scary. Four of the top uh, hundred or top ranked player or top in you know, the top one hundred ranked players have got it from this thing. Uh, uh, some guy Nick Nick Kigrios, who is just who is an Australian, but is known for being a real jerk on the tour, kind of yeah. summed it up. Kind of summed it up on Twitter. Bonehead decision. <laughs> Bonehead. Yeah, decision. I mean. Yeah, bonehead decision to go ahead with your exhibition. Speedy recovery, fellas, but that's what happens when you disregard all, all protocols. COVID is well. The pro- a- people people looking at the protocols like it's like a lot of people are just trying to 
trying to ruin their fun. And that's not the case. Trust me. We wish we could go back to having fun again, but it's like, wow, man, it's like, you got to follow the rules. They're, they're there well, for a reason. Uh, somebody who, of course, a former coach who wanted to rena- remain anonymous said, uh, uh, was this a case of ignorance or arrogance on his part? Perhaps a bit of both. Serbian Perhaps. and Croatian officials had lifted the social distancing restrictions. So he wasn't breaking any government rules over there. But like as everybody said, you probably still should be wearing a mask and all that kind of well, stuff. Well, common you're... sense. I mean, yeah, even if it even it's okay, they lifted the social distancing. Okay. Or they lifted the gathering rule. It's like, you know, maybe we should kind of at least stay. Yeah, let's not sit on top okay. of each other. Let's, okay. let's and take here's a moment. Where he, here's where he's really taking it. Djokovic had said earlier this year that he is opposed to vaccinations and would Ooh. not be vaccinated for COVID-19, even if it was mandatory. So, well, you don't have to worry too much now. He caught it. So yeah. your body will create the vaccine for you, pal. <laughs> You took so, care of that problem, didn't you? Yeah. Like I say, so, if you don't want to take a vaccine, that's fine. Just catch it. Yeah, he's also on the record as saying he didn't he would not compete in the US Open if the protocols weren't to his liking, and then he goes and has an exhibition tournament with none. So yeah, all right, uh, I don't know if we've got a bonehead sound for Novak Djokovic, but we should probably play it because Novak Djokovic? You mean Nikola Djokovic? No. Novak Djokovic is his name, isn't it? Oh, wait a minute. You're talking about the tennis player. Okay. I'm talking about the Sorry. tennis player. Yeah, not I tennis thought you were still – the name threw me off. I apologize. All right, I apologize. no problem. But, uh, I mean, regardless, he, he should get the bonehead of the week so, because – Oh, you you need a sound for a guy that uh, – you mean kind of like uh, maybe he was kind of being – Dummy. Dummy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, don't play that Tom Robinson clip. Now this one? Do we have a do we have a well lit or no clip? We should make one if we don't. There's Diana looking like some kind of whore. <laughs> you can always fall back on that one. <laughs> it's timeless. It, it goes with anything. Uh, I thought maybe you might go to that. Uh, Novak had a uh, uh, a Desmond moment. <laughs> he had a constant craving. <laughs> I'm not going there. It's gonna now. Uh, uh, no, I'm not going there. <laughs> Here's some more. Here's some more yeah, news. Uh, as coronavirus uh, testing for players heading to Orlando starts today, this was reported on the 23rd. Teams are bracing for significant numbers of positive tests. One Western Conference playoff team had four positive tests in a week. Per sources, full training camp details start July 11th. Remember, too, even among six teams trying to reach the playoffs via a play-in. None believe this restart is worth risking injuries on players that could carry into next season. For some, Orlando will be an extended summer league to develop young players and protect veterans. What do you think there, Tim? Do you think some of these teams that are coming in, trying to play, they don't think they have a chance at the playoffs, they're only there because the league wanted to try and, I guess, keep fans happy in some way. They're viewing this as possibly a – you know, just keep people healthy, only play young guys, not really try as hard. What What do you think about that? What do you think of that? Well, I, I think we should probably turn that question over to our Knicks expert. 
Wow. <laughs> Our Knicks expert is not here at the moment. <laughs> but, you, but he would be able to answer. I mean, what's the difference? Uh, I mean, I guess the situation is different. This is a one, hopefully a once in a, in a lifetime situation, hopefully. Um, but I mean, that's hopefully. like saying we're not, but that's like saying, well, you know, we're 20 games left in the season and we're out. So it don't matter. Okay. Well, that wouldn't wash. I mean, well. I see, I see them. These teams were, were teams that were close, but I don't think we're going to get in like, you know, but, okay, but, but I, I look at them. That's no different though than playing the last fifteen games of the season when you're twenty games out. I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess technically they don't matter, but that's not really the attitude you want to hear. Well, uh, you should be playing for your jobs at that point, or provide, or. But you don't want to hurt guys that could, right. could come in next season and help. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, like I said, it's such a unique thing. I can't blame anybody for not being gung-ho about the situation yeah especially considering like once this once this season ends whenever you know possibly october sometime we're looking at a a short short time before we're back at it i mean maybe around christmas time is what i'm thinking i mean what's gonna happen to uh and I'm just throwing names out there of guys, you know, some of the older guys, like a LeBron, um, I suppose even, uh, I mean, it's got to be some other guys that fit the bill that are great players, but are getting a little long in the tooth. And is that going to be enough, you know, the turnaround time, as you just said, is going to be pretty short probably. Oh, absolutely. Um, okay. So do you, if you have no chance, I mean, LeBron at least has got a pretty good shot at winning. The yeah. Title, I mean, it? if I've got, if I'm a team like the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, the Bucks, teams that, that really do have a, a really solid shot. I don't know. I mean, but if I'm like bottom of the West, bottom of the East, you know, Orlando. Oh, even, even if you're a player that, even if you're playing for a team that's got a shot, but you, your own you set of circumstances is, you know, I maybe got, I'm a fringe player this year, and if I get hurt or anything, I'm done. And I might yeah. want to try to, you know, I might be trying to make another year or two out of this to get a few more bucks in the pile and all that stuff. Uh, you know, you can't blame a guy, really. I mean, even though we say, well, he signed a contract and all this, that's true, but like I said, it's such a unique set of circumstances that I normally I would I would dump on anybody who wasn't trying, regardless of what the score is or how many games out you are and all that. But for this, I'm, I'm going to give guys a pass on this one. Yeah, I mean, I can see it. I, I don't know. like, And it'll depend on what teams want to do and what they decide to do. But I'm looking at this and saying, all right, we've got – it's a play, like you said, it's a player specific kind of mindset. Um, certain teams are going to take certain players and they're going to try to make a run. Certain teams are going to maybe just kind of say, eh. One positive that we can take away from this is teams are healthy. Um, everybody that, almost everybody should be healthy for the most part, like of nagging injuries. Now, not injuries, you know, all he tore tore an Achilles or tore a, you know, an ACL or something, but it's like, okay, if you had these little nagging injuries, if you were hurt and sore, what have you, you know, you've, you've had a chance to heal, you've got an opportunity 
So uh, we'll see. Woj also tweeted, it's a bigger concern for non-guaranteed playoff teams to lose players to extended quarantine before Orlando. Playoff teams worried less about needing key players for seeding games in August have more time to get players back into shape. All are worried about soft tissue injuries. So apparently that's a, a big issue is they, they really want to look out for those soft tissue injuries where guys have been off for so long and they haven't had a chance to practice or really get into playing shape. The only way to get into playing shape is to play. And that's just the, the truth of the matter. Isn't that also known as the James Harden injury? <laughs> Uh, you know, somebody somebody uh, tweeted at me the other day, and they said, uh, so how long do you think uh, Kawhi's going to play down in Orlando before they do his uh, whole uh, <laughs> load management thing? <laughs> and I, I just had to laugh. I said, that's pretty oh, funny. No. Is it too soon to say he, he, it's a bubble? <laughs> Kawhi's already on load management, apparently not. I'm kidding. Uh, didn't he do that? Uh, didn't he do that during vacation? He takes days off, I hear. So they've really. I mean, it worked. <laughs> I mean, it worked. It did I, work. I, I mean, I can't. I can't say you can't work. argue that it didn't work. It but, worked. But uh, I mean, let's be serious. Look at Toronto's record since he hasn't been there. It's just as good. So did it? Yeah, it's. Did it really work? Well, again, the, he didn't play that much during the regular season. Yeah, in the, in the playoffs, it might have worked, but did it really work during the regular season? Yeah, the statistics don't really bear that out. So, I mean, I like Kawhi. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's pretty. I don't know. How I mean, how old's Kawhi yeah. Leonard? Is he even thirty? I don't think uh, so. I, don't think I believe. So. Hold on, and I'll I'll get to the bottom of this. I'm not sure how old he is, but professional athletes shouldn't need load management purely because they need uh, to rest. Kawhi is 28. He'll be 29. He'll be 29 in about a week. Okay, so what? When he's 32 or 33 years old, is he going to be taking like weeks off or like? I mean, okay, tell me it's for an injury. That's fine. But when they tell me it's well, no, he just needs a day of rest. Eh. I don't know. Suck it up. Yep. I mean, the NBA is a grind. So, I mean, I can't, I can't throw shade at somebody for for taking some time. But again, I, I would throw shade at him if it didn't work. Right. But it worked. But after that poll, we all know that hockey is the second hardest sport to play. <laughs> According to that poll. <laughs> <laughs> that scientifically constructed poll. Oh man! Brought to you from our friends at Shinston Stomach Pumps. <laughs> Did we? We haven't talked about that, have we? No, because it's so ridiculous. All right, let, let let me let me find that because I, I do want to bring that up before we keep going here. We got plenty more to talk about with the NBA because Woj and, and Champs have been busy, and I and I like to look at what they have to say and and kind of like weigh in on what I personally think. But let, let's look at this poll. Let me find it here because I did share it. Here we go. In case you missed it, the people at Unbiased American Sports, uh, and God bless them. <laughs> oh, yeah. What a title. The, yeah. The, uh, how do you know something's unbiased? Well, it's in the title. Uh, I'll tell you. Anyway. 
They tell you one way to one way to know something is biased. They tell you they're unbiased. All right. Apparently, this is sports ranked by difficulty. Now, I don't know who went out and figured this out. I don't know. I don't know who they are. Yeah, well, let's, here it is. Well, let's, let's attempt to apply the logic to the top ten. Okay, here's your top ten. Boxing, hockey, football, basketball, amateur wrestling. I'm not going to say pro wrestling. Martial arts, tennis gymnastics, baseball or softball, and soccer. Okay. Now, my brain immediately goes to the only reason I can understand why hockey's in the top ten. Being a Canadian, it doesn't seem like that much of a stretch for it to be hard, really, but is because you're not you're actually putting something else on your feet. Like I Well, again, like, if you're like I me. I would have thought like, downhill skiing would have been on that list. Like, you know, that's something hard. Well, I mean, alpine skiing is number 11. I mean, rocketing down a, a, an icy slope at 100 kilometers an hour does not strike me as being something just anybody can do. Well, here, here, and, and here you go. Well. Alpine skiing was 11. 12 was water polo. And people may laugh at that, but oh, if no, you've no, ever no. had to keep yourself up with just floating and, and basically you're playing, I mean, it, it's, it's difficult. And you got to be in. You ever look at a water polo player when they get out of the pool? They are ridiculously buff. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of scary. I mean, I would say, like, I guess it depends on how we're approaching this, too. Are we purely talking about the physicalness of the sport, like the athleticism involved, or the skill set? I'm not also, sure. Okay, well, I mean, all right. So, skill set wise, all sports are difficult. If they weren't, everybody could do them. I mean, that's just logical. Yeah, I mean, I know nobody. I mean, everything is to do at a professional level. They're all hard. And that's why there's not that many people doing any of them, or, or why they make all the big money and all that sort of stuff. Um, athleticism is a whole different story. Uh, baseball, all right. You know, to stand in left field for two and a half hours and not have a ball to, to hit to you is not that difficult. But uh, being a pitcher is a whole new ball game. Uh, how many guys could do that? Even if you, yeah. you know, everybody can throw, but could you actually go up there and throw? On, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's a whole different thing. Uh, football, lots of guys can throw a football, but can you throw one forty-two yards where, well, five other guys are trying to kill you? You know, while reading a defense and all the other shit that's going on during a game. You know, that's a different thing entirely. Soccer is a, you know, from an athletic standpoint. You got to be in awfully good shape to run up and down for an hour and a half on that gigantic field. Yeah, you know, uh, rug. I mean, I, I can say something good and bad about every sport. I mean, hockey's probably gets a nod because it's a on skates. All right, so that adds an element that the other sports don't have, and it's probably one of the few sports, short of football, where you're kind of encouraged to beat the crap out of the other dude. <laughs> Well, boxing being number one, so that kind of I mean, you know, you're, again, you're you know, basically anybody, in a you're in a scientific fight. Yeah, you know, anybody, pretty much what yeah, it is. anybody can fight, but then to fight under the with the rules is a whole other set of skills that that a lot of people don't have. Yeah, you know, lots of guys can run out there and start throwing haymakers in the parking lot of a bar, but 
it's another thing to surgically remove somebody like you do in boxing or even UFC for that matter. You know, lots of guys think they're tough enough or, or athletic enough to be in the UFC, but they wouldn't last 12 <laughs> seconds in the UFC. Everybody I've, ever, everybody I've ever watched a UFC pay-per-view with while eating wings and drinking a beer think they're going to be the next Anderson Silva. Oh, That's I can't believe he did that. What was he thinking? Uh, what an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. I was like, what was it? What was it? The great, what was it? The great Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah. Once you get your bell rung, you sort of forget about all that stuff. Are you getting choked out? uh, And I apologize to Mike Tyson if he's listening for my horrible impression, but big difference between bar fighting and UFC fighting. Oh yeah. Big, big difference. And, you know, we 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 can talk about that all day, but let's hear some more here. Um, rugby lacrosse. This was one that made me laugh. Uh, number fifteen, steer wrestling <laughs> from the rodeo. Okay, but have you ever done it? No, I'm. I, it, look, I don't doubt it takes skill, and I don't doubt that it's hard. It, it's just funny well, that that was included. It, think about it though. You're you're riding a seven eight hundred pound. How? No, I, that, listen. I don't. I don't deny it. <laughs> that doesn't want you on top of it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't want to get personal here, but think about. That could have been the date I had a couple weeks ago. No, I'm kidding. That's oh, a joke. That's oh, a joke. Yeah from, yeah, from her side. <laughs> oh fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> we are the wide man after all. I mean, yeah, we are. Um, I said every every sport is like I I would equate it to jobs. All jobs look easy until you have to be the one who does them, and then you find out that all jobs have a skill set that not everybody has, and that people who are good at that job are good at it for a reason, because they have whatever skills are required, and that can be. I mean, every everybody go. Oh, how hard can it be to be a DJ? Yeah, well, go up there and give it a try, there, smarty pants. You'll find out how hard it really is. Yeah. You know, or on the radio, or a TV personality, or you know, how hard could it be to be an independent wrestler on the independent scene? Well, a lot harder than you might think. In fact, why don't you climb in the ring and give it a go? I'll guarantee that 99 out of 100 guys who try it will never want to do it again. Uh, here's some more pole vaulting, field hockey, speed skating, figure skating, distance cycling, volleyball. Racquetball or squash, surfing, fencing, freestyle skiing, handball, sprint cycling, bobsledding, ski jumping, badminton, Nordic skiing, auto racing, high jump, long jump, diving, distance swimming, all strokes, skateboarding, sprints, rowing, uh, calf roping, uh, track and distance running on track and field. Uh, bull bareback or bronc riding was 42. Darts on I think that one needs to be a little higher. <laughs> yeah, it's not something I'd want to do. Uh, uh middle distance it. track and field, uh, weightlifting, uh, swimming sprints, water skiing, table tennis, weights and track and field, canoeing, horse racing, golf. Man, golf's hard. <laughs> At the professional, I mean, can anybody golf? Yes. Can anybody golf well? No. No. Cheerleading, rock skating, curling, bowling, 
shooting, billiards, and last at number 60, fishing. Darts not on there? Didn't see darts. Deadly wings? Didn't see that. Ping, ping pong? No ping pong? Ping pong was on there. Table tennis. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's, well I mean, at, at the elite level, it's extremely hard. Yeah, I mean, the Koreans are killing it. Yeah, I mean, can anybody play ping pong? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I said, uh, I would think, I mean, if we're talking at the professional level, they're all hard. That's just a given. Now, are there some that, you know, like golf, okay, you can be horrific at golf and still golf. Yeah. Uh, if you you can, can be horrific yeah. at bull riding and probably not want to do yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you might only do it once or twice. Uh, <laughs> it's like, can you stop a speeding bullet? Well, once. You know, I <laughs> guess you can, you can play hockey if you can't skate, but it's not going to be particularly enjoyable if you're just kind of standing there in the corner hoping you don't get hit. Yeah, um, that's true. You know, there's – yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's all. It's all relative. Again, you know, yeah, it's all subjective. I mean, it's it's all subjective. You can release those lists unbiased sports all you want, but I wouldn't want to get in a in a bobsled and rocket down an icy tunnel at a 110 miles an hour either. Oh, you got that right. Yeah, that doesn't really strike me as anything I want to do, but you got to be crazy. But I'm still mad. I'm still mad that poker's not on there. Poker is a sport. Okay, you know what one that I'm going to – was ski jumping on there? Yeah. Okay, now there's one where you could – like, if you're bad at football, you probably aren't going to die playing it, whereas if you're bad <laughs> it at – depends on jumping, depends on how bad you are and where you're playing. Well, kind of where you're playing, but ski jumping, if you're not good at it, you could kill yourself yeah. real easy. Well, same so, with surfing. <laughs> swimming. Yeah, there you go. I'm a terrible swimmer. Then why are you in the ocean? What about uh, championship hot dog eating? Where was this? Was that on there? It should be. Should be because should be. You know, take take out ordering. Well, I'd be me and Ed Bogus would be competing for the championship. But <laughs> all Bogus right, is a world, world champion. But anyway, yes. But we got to pay some more bills. We'll be back right after this. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right. If you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meats that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, Stay Classy Meats is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to stripcamfun.com. On Stripcamfun, there are tons of eligible men and women 
waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at stripcamfun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. And you can take advantage of the good times being had on stripcamfun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because stripcamfun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. Strip Cam Fun, be sure to visit right now. It's stripcamfun.com where you can strip on camp and have some fun. Thanks to our great sponsors at Stay Classy Meets and stripcamfun.com. Always great to have them on our side. All right, Tim, we need to bring up some of the changes in the peak. Uh, you mentioned uh, we, we all heard the news, Brooks Kepka dropped out of the the tournament uh what have you heard you were the one that, that mentioned this to me what, what's uh what's as they say in uh it's always sunny in philadelphia what's the action apparently the pga commissioner is uh not impressed with the um uh, apparently the testing and monitoring is not uh, they're not really adhering to the rules didn't really get into details of what was going on but so apparently they've taken some steps to tighten things up. I, I'm going to assume that, because it seems to be mostly caddies, I'm going to assume that the caddies are not uh, quarantining themselves in the manner in which they are supposed to be doing. Uh, because it says here they've done 2,757 tests and have had seven positives. Now, it's my understanding that, what, about 3% is the norm? Any more than that, yeah, roughly. Got, yeah, so any more than that, you've got issues. So that number makes good sense. That's, you know, 3% is, you know, what, 8.1, I believe that would be. So so they're under that 3% mark, which is kind of the, 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 the benchmark for if you're, if, you're, if you're getting more than that in the tests, you've probably got a problem. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and, and Kepka, he, he didn't have to withdraw he just felt it was probably prudent just in case he's packing but not because there's there there seems to be and i'm no one's really been able to under explain it to me there seems to be this window of where they think you could maybe have it but you don't test positive for it does that make sense that you're yeah it kind of makes sense because, because the test only um, it only says whether the virus is present, but it doesn't tell them whether it's dead or alive from what I've been reading. So there's that window of, well, you, you have the virus in you, but you might not be, you might not test positive or you might not test negative. I know that seems kind of confusing, but it's my understanding of it. And he just felt that, you know, okay, I'd rather, I don't want to put anybody else at risk here. So I'll just, I'll just withdraw from this weekend and get back. Well, at it it's not like week. it's not like he's losing a lot of money, for God's sake. You no, know? so but still, I mean, he could have been a jerk about it and just went, you know, screw it, I'm I'm going in anyway, and he didn't. So, um, yeah, I mean, guys, a couple other guys withdrew. So his brother and Webb Simpson both also, even though they also both. T-
you know, they got your protocols in place and, and then deal with it when it happens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a tricky situation, but golf seems like one of those sports where the distancing part shouldn't be that big of a problem. It seems like, you know, this this is a sport made for it. Well, um, you think, I mean, okay, you don't have to be anywhere near each other to drive off the tee. You don't have to be anywhere near each other to shoot on the fairway. And even on the green, I mean, okay, so you knock the ball on the green, go pin it and pick up your ball and walk off the green. Like, how hard is it? Like, really, it should never happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. right. Um, well, you, let's, you know, uh, people let's are circle back here. Do, so let's see yeah. it goes. Let's circle back here. Um, the NBA and NBA Players Association have agreed to put into place an enhanced insurance plan for players in Orlando that would cover career-ending injuries related to COVID-19 or conventional basketball injuries. Potential group policy would cover players for several million dollars. So looks like the NBA PA and the NBA are not taking chances on getting players hurt. If they get hurt, they've got this insurance to kind of help them out a little bit. Uh, in case it ends their basketball career because of the start and stop um, aspect of what's going on. Uh, smart move, I think. Don't you, Tim? Got to protect those boys. Got to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's a smart move there. Uh, oh, I mean, one change. On. What's that much money to the NBA or to those teams? It's nothing. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like that much. One change for use of repl- to replacement players in Orlando per league memo. Replacing a player with COVID-19 must occur no later than seven days following the positive player resumes training. So if you're replacing a player with COVID-19, you got a week. You got a week to get somebody in to replace him. So I bet you there's a lot of guys at home that are just going to be playing hoops and staying warmed up uh, is kind of what it seems to be. Um, so what? If you, test po- if you test positive, they've got a week to replace you or else they have to – Hope you get better ASAP. No, I mean, that kind of seems what it says. Replacing the player with COVID-19 must occur no later than seven days following confirmed positive player uh, resumes training. Well, that makes sense to me. I mean, you can't open up the door too wide. Yeah. So Let's see what. A couple other things. NBA, NBA, PA have finalized terms of the revised CBA for Orlando restart. All items in Saturday's league memo to turn to teams are agreed upon. The transaction window started uh, on June 23rd at noon. Then this is when all this started breaking out. J.R. Smith has emerged as a leading candidate to go to the Lakers as Avery Bradley has opted out of playing in the restart. Kind of saw that coming. Him and Kyrie Irving were kind of leading the charge to not go back. Lakers are talking about bringing J.R. Smith in to replace him. Uh, so LeBron could get one of his boys back. The one that uh, the, the one that doesn't know how much time is on the clock and what the score is. Even, even <laughs> if COVID doesn't stop LeBron from roster shipping. <laughs> it really does. It does. It. It's amazing. What a, you know, it's, it's unbelievable what that the power that man possesses. It's crazy. You can't stop him, man. You just can't stop him. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> when are we? Uh, when are we going to do our uh, Rachel Miller segment? Ah, uh, yeah, we do need to talk about that. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about that when you're done. 
Okay. Let me let me just go ahead and pull that up. I have it here. Um, let me let me get there. Well, we got a couple more things here in the NBA, then we'll get to that. Um, let's see here. Tyler Johnson has agreed to Brooklyn Nets deal. He'll join the Brooklyn Nets uh, in Orlando. I don't know if he's replacing Kyrie Irving. It doesn't really say, but he will be there. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, this one just broke a few hours ago. Malcolm Brogdon says he will still be in Orlando once he is cleared. He's tested positive for COVID-19. He says, I'm doing well, feeling well, and progressing well. I plan to join my teammates in Orlando for the resumption of the season and the playoffs. And finally, Spurs are signing Tyler Zeller for the remainder of the season. And the Nuggets are signing P.J. Dozer to a full contract for their final spot as well. So, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, though, that's a big um, that's a big part of what the the Pacers want to do. That's that's a, one of their guys. They paid a lot of money for him in the off season. And, and honestly, if you're gonna if somebody's gonna test positive, it's probably a good idea to have them test positive now instead of when you're sure. there. You, you know, you would rather. Recover. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you would think, yeah, this is when we kind of want these guys to test positive if they're going to. He's also, uh, I don't know what you've read, and I know we don't like talking about the politics stuff on this show, even though occasionally mm-hmm. we delve in. There has been, and I don't know what it is they're exactly going to do, but there's some, I keep reading stories about the NBA and the NBPA. Uh, I've agreed that continuing to discuss and fight systemic racism will be a focal point during the league's restart, but I can't find out exactly what it is that that, that they're going to do. You got no fans, so that takes out the element. Like you don't have to worry about some guy screaming out racist slurs or any of that sort of thing, which does happen occasionally. Um, I'm just not. I, I, I'm, I'm wondering what it is that they plan on doing. I'm not against them doing anything. I just don't know. What no, I mean it's it's a good idea to do it, but nobody really knows what like what their their move is. Like okay, it, it's good idea. You kind of cut out there. What'd you say? I'm sorry. I uh, didn't say anything because I couldn't hear you. Oh, I apologize. But, no, no it's a good thing to do. It's it's, it's good to, to try to fight the systemic racism. It's good to, to stand up for that. I mean, it's good to say that, but then you got to come up with a plan. Well, uh, maybe they have yeah. one. I just I well, haven't heard it. It says, says here that uh, – where was that? No, um, no specific plans have been finalized, but Chris Paul, who seems to be the one of the more vocal players – you know, as players, we've taken a leadership role. We must use our voices to implement practical solutions. Well, I'm not exactly sure how that pans out when you're in a bubble in Orlando with no people around you. But anyway, I'm I'm willing to see what it is they what they plan. Uh, you know, I got no issue with you know if they make some some kind of segment during the during the telecasts or something like that. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with all of that. But, I just, I'm just not sure what it is they plan on doing, but seem to be talking about it a lot, though. So I assume something's going to happen. 
Yeah, yeah, and the NBA is always big to stay on. You know, they've kind of led the charge in sports world and kind of leading the charge against you know the racism. Uh, you remember, you know, the the Clippers owner a few years ago and you know, all that stuff. So yeah, the I NBA. Remember. I remember the malice at the palace when Ron Artest punched out that white dude. I recall that. <laughs> oh, God. All right, shifting gears. Uh, the basketball tournament. We talked about it last week, how excited we were about it. I talked what about the best Virginia say? team. And then all hopes were dashed, which sucks. <laughs> they did a Pat McAfee and have to drop out. Um, here's the official statement from the TBT uh, the DBT, the winner-take-all $1 million summer basketball event today, announces that Best Virginia, the West Virginia alumni team, will be replaced in the field of 24 after a member tested positive for COVID-19. Playing for Jimmy V will now play the Herd That Marshall alumni team on July 5th. On Thursday the 18th, the TBT was informed by Best Virginia one of their team members had tested positive for COVID-19. They immediately initiated pre-tournament protocol under the guidance of medical advisor, Dr. Tom Hospel. Uh, Although it was determined that the timing of the positive test could have permitted the remainder of the team to enter the 14-day self-quarantine and frequent testing protocol, Best Virginia opted to withdraw from the 2014 field. This is a safety-first event, said John Muger, founder and CEO of the TVT. We're disappointed for the Best Virginia players and fans that they won't get the opportunity to continue and our thoughts are with the player for a speedy recovery. While the virus remains a persistent threat, we have confidence in our health and safety plan and many safeguards we've put into place in this year's tournament. Playing for Jimmy V is led by former Gonzaga star Josh Perkins, 76ers forward Hayward Highsmith, and Loyola Chicago's Marquise Towns, who is the brother of Carl Anthony Towns. So that's the official statement from the TBT the team that I and Rachel Miller were pulling for best Virginia is not in the tournament. So, uh, go heard that man. <laughs> They're my backup team. They say as always West Virginia. I don't know. State motto, maybe Something <laughs> like that. If there's a disappointment to be had, West Virginia can do it by God. No, it's unfortunate though because that that first that first matchup I was liking that, you know. Yeah, I was looking forward to it. And I thought that might play out to be something pretty interesting, and now we're of course, as always, we get hosed. Damn COVID ruins everything. Can I, can I lodge a official protest against the COVID with uh, several major league sports? Yeah, really, I'm almost with you there. Anybody it's been a mess. To oh yeah, it's just you know. And, even though they're starting to come back, it's just like I almost feel like it's just I'm part of this giant rib somehow, and I'm just going to end up getting hosed over somehow. It feels like the closer we get, it feels like the more things are trying to go wrong, if that makes any sense at all. And I, and I hate to look at it that way. So oh yeah, I don't like to be I don't like to be a downer either, but that's sort of. I just get this feel, I, I, and yet you know, soccer has pretty much went off without a hitch over in England. They've well, been I mean, two, they've been playing for two weeks without incident. So, I mean, I hate to say it, Nate, but am I going to have to shine a light on you Americans and your inability to listen? Or <laughs> if there's one thing that Americans in the history of the universe have ever been proven to not be good at, it's listening. 
<laughs> our, our our country's motto should be, oh, yeah? Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> hold, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, I'm, I'm say, starting to think that maybe they should have just came out and said, this COVID is nothing. Pay no attention to it whatsoever, and you buggers would have hunkered up in bunkers. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that's what would have happened. I'm, I'm almost guaranteeing it. <laughs> we would have been hoarding more shit than we even were. Uh, no American has been seen for six weeks. About it. Oh, <laughs> you, that's the that's the American way, man. We don't do what people tell well, us to do. You know what though? That's just like without getting into it deeply, but that is uh, part of living in a in a place where we are normally pretty to do whatever we want. So yeah, I mean we have that privilege. That's yeah, we, part we of don't it. Take too, we don't take too kindly to people starting to take it away from us, even though it's for a good reason. But anyway, moving on. I'll tell you what, Tim. Let's do something here a little different. Uh, we did this, a, well, a couple of weeks ago we did this. Um, okay. I've got another flashback segment here. Oh, yeah, uh, let her rip. The last one yeah. was money. Yeah. <laughs> well, this one may not be as as funny, but this one, it still might be pretty good. Uh, this was with when we were privileged to have our guest on the show, Ron Fuller Welch, the Tennessee stud. Uh, joined us and told us some basketball stories and the stud is a great storyteller um and i thought this week you know we jeff was unable to join us this week unfortunately uh he's been busy so uh hopefully we can get him next week got a couple ideas he's back on a seven-day contract you know yeah uh but i'm hoping to to get a hold of i got a couple ideas for next week's show and hopefully we can we can figure out something for next week and plenty more. To, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of sports to talk about next well, week. We only, we go forward. we only got one more week to go because it'll be what? The 31st? Uh, oh, it'll be July 1st. July next 1st week. is next week, I believe. Okay. Uh, okay. Sometime. So we got one. All right. So we got one show to do. And then by the next show, the TBT will have happened. So then we'll have something to talk about at least. Absolutely. All right. So here's what we're going to do. You guys sit back. If you heard it before, enjoy it again. This is Ron Fuller Welch joining Tim or I think it was still me and TR at the time. Yeah, yeah, TR no, and myself. I'm not a part of this fiasco. Well, again, last week, a couple of weeks ago, we did the uh, the 76er trivia flashback, which I forgot how fun it was. Uh, let's let's go to this, and Tim and I on the other side, we'll talk a little bit about uh, we'll talk a little bit about it, and we'll wrap up the show. So here we go. Yes, sir. All right, our next guest, ladies and gentlemen, is this is a real pleasure for me. And, uh, you know, here on Wide Men Can't Jump, we do a lot of NBA and basketball talk, but we also talk a little wrestling sometimes, as TR and I both love the wrestling business. And I love this guy. The stories he tells on his podcast every week are fantastic. And he also has some basketball experience that we're going to talk about here tonight. Um, In case you don't know who I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen, the Tennessee stud, Ron Fuller. Ron, thank you so much for coming on with us. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure to be on, guys. I look forward to it. Hey, Ron, how you doing? This is TR. I uh, admire your work in many, many ways. But what I wanted to point out is that I think you're going to be a lightning rod for us because it seems that everything the Tennessee stud has ever touched has turned to gold. And I am, I'm ecstatic to have a, a, a six foot nine individual that was a standout basketball player, went to the University of Miami, played for the Hurricanes, go you, they killed Notre Dame this week, by the way, um, 
in the football aspect. But then you moved on to professional wrestling, which was in your family, a family business, so to speak. And you moved on to uh, hockey and, and now and now podcasting. And it seems like everything you do is good. And if you're here with us, that's good luck for us, buddy. Well, good. I'm glad to be a part of your program. And I'm uh, glad to be on the show. I uh, appreciate you guys uh, inviting me on. And I think I may be one of the few guests you probably have or ever have had that has both of those sports in their background. Uh, it's pretty hard to come up with that combination, a basketball player and a wrestler. I know there's a few of them out there, but not a lot of them, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and Stud, I just want to take a second, and uh, we were you talk a little bit on your show about how you have met a coach in high school that changed everything for you in terms of going forward into basketball. And can you tell us a little bit, without giving away maybe too much, because I know you have the uh, the Rumpel or stud cast that you do every week. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, I never played basketball in my life until I was a freshman in high school. Uh, I, I, I really got involved and uh, loved to play baseball, and I played a lot of football growing up as a kid. Uh, but there was no basketball goals around where I lived, and I grew up um, all over the country. Uh, started out as a young child and a young kid uh, in Tennessee and then ended up in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, moved uh, to Memphis, uh, moved to Arizona, moved back into uh, Mississippi. I mean, I lived in a lot of different places, but I never touched the basketball until I was a freshman in high school, and I was about 6'3 as a freshman. And pretty clumsy, very thin. And I had a basketball coach in Mississippi, one of the smaller schools, or the smallest high school I ever went to. And I went to about eight different high schools. But the smallest one I ever went to had 100 students who were so small that you didn't change class, the teachers changed class. And the coach there was a great coach, and he saw something in me long before I did. I was very clumsy and not too fast. I had a lot to learn. But uh, when I got ready to leave there, I spent about a year uh, with him as a coach. And when I got ready to move, he set me down in his office and pitched me a basketball across the desk. And he said, young man, if if you'll stick with that ball right there, you'll never have to pay for your college education. I was pretty blown away by it because I didn't think I had had that ability or would ever have that ability in the sport. Turns out he was probably correct, though. So I stayed with it, and uh, and I did well uh, in different states. Went to Alabama and uh, played uh, j- in the junior varsity uh, in my sophomore year at, at a little at a high school called BC Rain out of Mobile, and did very well. Uh, got invited to play in the varsity when the varsity made it to the playoffs. That had never happened to a player there before, and so I was beginning to feel like I had some. Had some ability, moved from there into Georgia, played my junior year in Griffin, Georgia, the best basketball team the school ever had. Uh, we had a tremendous year, went to the state championship, state, state tournament, and uh, in my senior year, finished up in a high school called Briarcliff in Atlanta, in the suburbs of Atlanta. Uh, did well there, too. In fact, we had the best school, best team they ever had. 
had 500 rebounds in 24 games in high school. Wow. Uh, I think it's still a record there for the school. And uh, uh, then I got, uh, actually got my first scholarship actually to Clemson. I played as a freshman at Clemson and then transferred after my freshman year to the University of Miami and played three years there. So I had a pretty decent career in uh, in basketball and and that uh, being in Miami, we were an independent school, so we we played all over the country, literally. And uh, my senior year, my last year there, we had one of the best schedules, I guess, and maybe one of the toughest schedules in the, in the United States. We played Jacksonville, that ended up playing the national championship with UCLA. We also played UCLA that year in Los Angeles, played Jacksonville twice, played Florida State. They had Neil Cowan. I mean, not Neil Cowan's. Neil Cowan's played at Florida. We played them that year. And uh, and uh, that Florida State had a had, uh, Dave Cowan's. Uh, Neil Walk and Dave Cowan's. Neil Walk was at Florida and Dave Cowan's at Florida State. So. I played against some of the better senior talent and, and better teams in America my senior year, my last year at Miami. And just uh, I really enjoyed my basketball time uh, playing. And, and oddly enough, I, I had a little bit, I had a little uh, effect uh, as a wrestler kind of. Uh, what I would do is I, I was, because I was at the University of Miami, I'd get Burrow Brown. And everybody else on the team was white. Nobody laid in the sun but me. And when we'd go on the road to play in these colleges, I'd come out last and I'd get booed. As soon as I'd come out the come out the door or through the hallway or onto the court, they would start booing me. They would call me surfer boy and they would rag me all night. And all the buildings, especially in the north, we played at Duquesne and we played uh, Pittsburgh, uh, a lot of uh, West Virginia's. We played a whole lot of, of uh, part, different parts of the country. We flew everywhere back in those days, and you know that I wasn't uh, I wasn't very well liked. I was automatically disliked by having a tan, and I kind of enjoyed it. It was kind of like being a, a heel wrestler. So it gave me the opportunity. I just go and just work extra hard on my tan a couple of days before we flew out. And guys would go, oh, boy, well, you're going to get them tonight, Ron. And they would <laughs> stick me last out the day, last out the gate. You know, everybody else and I would come last. And there'd be no reaction until they saw me come on the floor. And I guess I represented Miami well, too, by having that tan. But I enjoyed that part of it. <laughs> well, I think you're downplaying a little bit how tough your guy's schedule was, honestly, back then. Because you played Duquesne, who was ranked 11. UCLA, the number two team in the country, who won the championship that year. That was the year after the uh, great Luol Sender played. Ohio was ranked number five. Jacksonville, you played twice. Once they were ranked seventh, once sixth. You played number 10, Florida State, number 15, Houston. So a tough schedule for you guys going all over the place and playing some of the best teams of the time in that 69-70 season there, stud. Oh yeah, and got to play a lot of different great, great basketball players. Uh, UCLA had uh, Sidney Wicks and Curtis Rowe. They had those two big guards and Valerie uh, and uh, Henry Bibby. I mean, they had a tremendous, tremendous team. Uh, Jacksonville had uh, had the, the big guy, uh, 
his name escapes me now, Artis Gilmore. Artis, yeah. Gilmore. ABA. You know, Artis was, yeah, yeah, big, big, huge, probably 7'2", I guess. Uh, probably one of the tallest players played against that year. And oddly enough, I have one story about a game we had in that in that season. Uh, there was a tournament between the four major colleges in the state of Florida. It was held in Jacksonville. Jacksonville was in there, Florida, the University of Florida, Florida State, and the University of Miami. We played two a two-night tournament. First two, first two you played, I think we played uh, Florida the first night, and, uh, and then Jacksonville the second game. And in the Jacksonville game, they had had, I think it was probably the fifth, sixth game of the season. Early on in the season, they had a fight, a big fight. And I can't remember what, what team they were playing. Something happened, and Jacksonville got into a fight with the other team. It made the papers all over. So when we went there to play them, I knew that they had, they, they must have been a nasty group. I didn't know any of the players, any of their background or anything. We played the Jacksonville Coliseum, and they had the old portable goals that had the, the pipes in the back that uh, crisscrossed to hold the gold up properly. And I remember one of their, their during the course of the game, one of their guards got loose on them on a fast break, and I, and I was the only one close enough to get close to him. And when he went up in the air, I didn't hit him intentionally, but I was running so fast I really couldn't stop at that point. And when he went up in the air, I shoved him with my shoulder, and he went through the pipes and into the the big area that holds up the backboard. And <laughs> oh, I was, yeah, oh, I mean, it was big. I mean, and the building's full. You got uh, that Coliseum he used to wrestle in later on. Years later, three years later, I was wrestling there a lot. But that building would hold, I'd say, probably 12,000 or so, and and when that happened, I had my back to their bench. And I didn't want them to come and hit the floor and me not be looking and somebody blind shot me from behind. And uh, and as soon as he went into the pipes, the, all the building, just everybody stood up. It was like a boo. They were really, really mad. And then uh, I wanted to be prepared in case somebody came from behind. So I spun around and faced the team. I, I threw my hands up like, come on. And oh boy, it was like it was one of the best. It was one of the best pops I ever saw in basketball, I believe. I mean, that building, the roof came off, and uh, the police came to the floor. They, you know, and the team started out onto the floor. Uh, they got them stopped before they got to me, and and by the time they they got to me, they 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 uh, the refs threw me out of the game. So they they took me down and set me on the end of my end of our bench, and the crowd wouldn't stop. The crowd just kept booing, and they so they started playback, and the crowd just continued booing. And then they started throwing cups, and they started throwing things at me on the end of the bench, and they stopped the game again, and they came and got me and took me to the dressing room. So. I was like, you know, my dad happened to be in the crowd that night, uh, and he was a wrestler, and my grandfather was a wrestler. I come from a big wrestling family. And I remember after the game, he was the, he was as excited as he could be. He went, <laughs> gosh, man, yes, you stood him up, boy. <laughs> you, you really, you could have really created some mayhem out there. I said, Dad, I didn't want to create mayhem. I was there just to play ball. 
no, but so you know, my dad really he 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 got to where he was coming to a lot of games in my last year, and I remember the last game of the season we played Jacksonville again and and at Miami, and he flew in a day early, and he and my mom came to watch the game, and he took me to lunch that day. And he said, you know, I've been thinking about you. He says, I think you're ready to start wrestling. And I don't know if you're interested in going back to college again next year. I actually had another year to play. And he said, you know, this could be your last season. If you wanted to start wrestling, you've already been doing some wrestling. And I was doing a few wrestling gigs in the summertime, hiding myself, wearing a mask, because I didn't want to lose my scholarship, obviously. So, I, but I wanted to start wrestling some. So, in his conversation at lunch, he says to me, he says, you know, Ron, if you ever thought about what would happen is, he said, you, they've got that big, big tall guy that's 6'3", and about 260 or whatever. He said, you know, if you just caught him running down the court and you were in front of him and you, you got him off balance and he's not paying attention. He said, you could scoop slam him on the basketball court. <laughs> he said, he said <laughs> you'd make national publicity all over the world. They'd take the picture of you with, with Artis Gilmore in your arms over your head and you slam him on the court. And uh, I, 
and that just got me booed more. You know, when we were away from home, it got me booed more. But uh, the fans at Miami really loved me because they they knew the history. I was kind of lucky. There was a sports writer there named Al Levine that wrote for the Miami Herald, who became a a very big time sports writer as time went on, and he. Kind of as soon as he found out my dad was a wrestler, which was about my first year there, he did a series of stories on me while I was a basketball player at the college, at the university. And then he followed my wrestling career. For, he probably did another five stories once I started wrestling. And he would call me in certain arenas. He'd say, Ron, where are you going to be on Monday night when I first started wrestling in Georgia? And I would say, I'll be in Atlanta, Bell Auditorium. And he'd say, Call that auditorium and find a number I can reach you. I want to do a story on you Monday night. And we would talk sometime before I would go to the ring that night. He would get what he needed to do and do the story. He would always send me copies of the story. And I somehow, even though I had left there as a basketball player, I still had a lot of notoriety in the Miami market because of Al Levine that just kept writing those stories. That's great. That's great stuff from Ron Fuller, the Tennessee stud. TR, you got anything you want to ask uh, Mr. Ron Fuller? Yeah, I I have a million things. Um, but just comment commenting on what you what you what you said, stud. It's like you were living the gimmick with the tan, and uh, you were so you know wrestling centric. I could imagine it was sixty nine, seventy, et cetera. That that type of era. If you were in today's world, like you would be, like the biggest thing on Sports Center every night. Like they'd be covering you. That 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 hard foul slash unintentional slash potato, uh, whatever we want to call it. <laughs> potato. Uh, that's good. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, I mean, I could imagine the Sports Center that night. Let's go to the Miami game. And this Ron, you know, uh, Welsh, Ron Welsh Fuller, the Tennessee stud, uh, pre-Tennessee stud, I guess, but you were always were. But um, I could just imagine the uh, you would you would take the lead of Sports Center, and you would have probably been you pr- you probably like you said you always wanted to be a wrestler, but you would have had a choice because I mean six foot nine and and. Just a, a half effort, three quarters. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying you didn't try, but like you said, mentally you always wanted to be a wrestler. And to to think of a guy with a wrestler mentality, with your size on the floor, and being in those games against John Wooden, God rest his soul, a legend, and uh, all those people. I looked at the people that were drafted in 1970, like Pete Maravich and Bob Lanier, and those were your peers at that time, and and you were just like competitive with them, with an interest in another career. So I could imagine how big you would have been. Not that you aren't. You're you're huge, and uh, I'm glad you took the path of pro wrestling because Nate and I are both big fans. Absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, with me, it was like it was in my blood. My grandfather, and 93 years, my family's been. We're in professional wrestling. He started my grandfather in 1920. And uh, I still got a cousin named Jimmy Golden who's in his late 60s and still wrestles. He's still in the ring, and he has a son that wrestles. Uh, I got a fourth generation. My son's 
uh, wrestled once, and uh, he he would he was a fourth generation wrestler. So it was what I really ended up planning on doing. But since you mentioned Pete, that's that's a pretty good little subject too, because I was highly recruited out of high school. I was an all state player in Atlanta from in, in Georgia for the state, and I was pretty highly recruited. And I had an opportunity. I went to Clemson on a on spring break to visit there. Uh, just to see the university, and it was on spring break, so there was nobody there. And uh, and they had another player named Butch Tazzolo, uh from Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. He's a guard, and he came in, and then we were both being recruited. We were the only two boys there on that weekend, and we stayed in the dorm together, and we got to be pretty good friends, and we sat down and started saying, well, you know, where can you go? And I'd like to go where you go, and we started talking about it. And one of the things that came up scenarios was LSU, and and uh, and I, I can't remember what Pete's dad's name was, but but he was going in as a coach, and Pete was going to be on the team, and it was pretty well known that Pete was going to go to LSU. And I remember Zatazel and I talking about it, and I was saying, well, "What do you think about LSU?" And he says, "I'm not going to go pick for Petey for four years." He goes. And and Zatazzolo turned out to be a tremendous basketball player for Clemson. In fact, I believe, and I'm not sure about the records, but I believe he led the ACC in scoring his senior year at uh, Clemson. And I left after that first year. I remember when I got ready to leave at the end of the year, and a lot of people left Clemson because it was a military school, and, and we were there on the spring break, so we didn't know it was a military school. They didn't have many girls there. They had... You take the ROTC, it was mandatory. You take ROTC, and you had the winter time to march out there on the field, and it was pretty miserable. So I told him at the end of the year, I said, I'm not coming back, Butch. And he goes, oh, no, Ron. He goes, everybody they say here says that. They're not coming back, but they all come back. And I said, Butch, I'm not coming back. I, I said, He said, where are you going? I said, I don't know, but I'm not going to Clemson next year. And I went home that summer and I called my old high school coach and said, "You know, I'm I want to I want out of Clemson. Can you help me?" And he somehow calls me up one day and says, "Would you like to go to the University of Miami?" I was like, "Well, hell yeah, I think so." You know, it's fun thing. I asked him honestly. I said, "How many girls they have?" Because <laughs> there was like 800 girls and and 10,000 guys and 800 girls, and they used to joke there, and they'd go, you know, you won't get a date here until you're a senior because there's no girls here. So I asked them, first question I asked the coach was, uh, how many girls they got? And he says, oh, gosh, Ron, they got uh, over 10,000. I said, okay, I'll take a trip down there. So (laughs) I flew down, and that's how I ended up kind of at the University of Miami. And, and they pulled a little deal on me when they recruited me. Actually, the coach there, since it was a it was a it was summertime now, so you know it wasn't like a normal class. Uh, you know there wasn't not a lot of people on campus, and I, we went down and they had a student union. And they had pool tables that sat down on a lower level, like about four feet below where everybody else was sitting, so people could sit up there and watch people shoot pool down there. And nobody was in the place. And I had a buddy of mine that went with me from Atlanta, Georgia, and they were looking at him, too. And uh, so we flew in there, and we shot pool with uh, the coach. And 
we're sitting there, nobody in the place except for us, and all of a sudden these three beautiful girls come. They got the mini skirts on, and they sit down right there at our pool table. And uh, watch us shoot pool for two games. I kept looking at my buddy over there like, are you serious, man? Or you think these guys are, they know I like the girls or what? You know, <laughs> I think this is a setup for us, man. <laughs> But, uh, you know, can't, a, you can't work a worker. <laughs> there you go. You know, it's like a little bit too much of a coincidence. There's nobody in the building, but you got three beautiful girls sitting right here. The only place, the only people sitting here watching anybody play. So it was, it was a great experience. I love the University of Miami. And I love the city of Miami. And I ended up spending a lot of my wrestling career in Florida, oddly enough. And I think a lot of that was used. Uh, Gordon Soley used to use it a lot when I first started wrestling in 1970. Uh, he would he would always remind people that you know Ron was a star basketball player at the University of Miami, and he just he hammered it a lot. And I think the basketball background certainly didn't hurt me any. That's for sure. Well, Stud, we want to thank you for giving us so much of your time and being so generous with these stories and. You're one of the best storytellers out there today because I've been sitting here just enthralled with everything you're saying, and I, it, it was so great, and that 30 minutes just flew by. And was, thank you so much for coming on and giving us some time. Well, I appreciate it, guys. And, you know, not, not, if your fans don't know much about what I do, I do a stud cast. It's just called Ron Fuller Stud Cast. And I tell stories, and, and – uh, and I tell stories about my family, and I come from the oldest wrestling family and the largest wrestling family on the planet. And uh, got a lot of background and a lot of stories. And I'm doing it in chronological order, and I'm only up to about 1965. I'm still four, five years from starting to wrestle. I'm, that's about the time frame I'm working on now with the, with the stud cast. And, you know, people want to listen to it uh, I think I have some unusual things to say and certainly some unusual stories, and and I really love it. I love uh, having the opportunity, and, and I appreciate you guys uh, bringing me on tonight. And uh, anytime I can, I can uh, come back and be with you guys, I'd, I'd be glad to do it. We do want to tell everybody out there, please check out the Ron Fuller Studcast. You can get it on every major download podcast site. It's a fantastic story. I'm a subscriber since day one, and I love it. It's a fantastic story. And Tony Basilio and Ron do a great job on the show. And it's just, it's a must listen every week, every Wednesday. I'm so excited to listen to it. Well, thank you very much. We do that show out in Knoxville, Tennessee, right there in the heart of the Smokies. And it's a beautiful place, beautiful part of the country. And, you know, I'd love to have people take a listen to it, see what they think. And, no, I still have a long way to go. I'm figuring on doing finishing my dad. I'll start with me, Rob, and my cousin Jimmy, and we'll go through that generation. I may go into basketball. Uh, I'm going. To, I'm doing a lot of basketball as part of it. I tell a lot of basketball history as I'm going through it, and uh, then I'll probably talk hockey, which I got in after after wrestling. I started in a totally different sport and had some great success there with owning hockey teams. So I got some stories. That's for sure. Well, God Thank bless, Dud. So. Thank you so much. And tell Tony uh, TR said hello. I will. I certainly will. And uh, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And um, enjoyed being with you tonight. Thank you. Thanks, Ron. You have a good night. And that was our flashback with the Tennessee stud, Ron Fuller. A lot of great conversation to be had there about basketball. <laughs> 
and wrestling and life. And we enjoyed the Tennessee stud. And of course his show, uh, the stud cast with Ron Fuller, go check it out. Tennessee stud, great guy. And I uh, love that little flashback there. Great storytellers, Ron. Tim, would you agree with me there? Well, I would, but I could definitely tell I was not on this show. As he mentions hockey and there's crickets from you two Southern twats. Unbelievable. What's wrong with you two? <laughs> well, Tim, you know, uh, you know, we're st- TR and I, we're still trying to figure out what color the blue line was. I mean, so. I could just, I could feel the room of hockey. What, what's Ron talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could say that the room was cold for hockey. Nathan, you were on a roll earlier, but I stopped. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just quit it. I mean, blue. Oh, boy. Cold. Wow. Want to make an ice cube joke while you're at it? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I better. <laughs> I don't want to. The opinions <laughs> of this show are not necessarily those of me. <laughs> <laughs> or the boggers. Uh, uh, hey, want to wish uh, Danielle Hoff good luck. She's uh, starting her residency and uh, also working towards getting her license, her pharmacist license. Good luck, Danielle. It's a lot of work, but I know oh, you can Danielle. do it. So, Nick, tell Danielle we said good luck. Danielle, eh? I remember when I was 16 trying to get my license, eh? Oh, dear God. <laughs> Gotta be careful. Don't have too many beers before you go, eh? Because it's not good. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, have I some, hate you. Have some, back, have some back bacon, though, and some poutine. Yeah, poutine. <laughs> you could probably you could probably bribe the uh, whoever's given the test, you know, with poutine. In West Virginia, I, I, in West Virginia I guarantee it. And some good, like, Canadian ketchup and all-dressed chips will probably take care of it. Mm. I can hook you up. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, we do want to wish her good luck. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in uh, to this episode of Wide Men Can't Jump. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with a lot more, and there's plenty to talk about. And I hope everybody tunes in again. Again, we're on Spotify, iTunes. Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, anywhere you find podcasts, we're there. Hope you enjoyed this edition of the show, and there'll be plenty more to talk about next week. I know Tim and I are are excited to get sports back, and it looks like finally the sports will come back. And we we possibly uh, I don't want to commit to this because we've been been missing our commitments a little bit. Feel kind of bad about that, but yeah. Um, Good. Uh, some things in the in the pipeline. Uh, part two of the Dance Devour, of course, is a work in progress. But that could see the light of day next week. Uh, mm-hmm. Told me he's working hard on the Ballad of Bobby Blaze. I don't know if that's oh, going to be our show necessarily, but uh, you never know. You never and, know. Uh, I'm I'm I don't know. We haven't really heard much from Cecil. He's got to be doing something. Uh, yeah, he's been he's been out there keeping his nose clean, I believe. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure what he's up to, but uh, he maybe he'll check in. Who knows? And uh, and, and I, I have heard. Uh, I, I can't confirm. I don't want to conf- say it really because I can't double confirm it. You know, two sources, good journalists, all that stuff. Yes, yes. But but I do have it from one good source. That uh, Tom Robinson has in fact swore off beer and cheesesteaks 
and it's making mm. a, a concerted attempt to join the uh, 76ers for the playoff push. Oh, man. <laughs> so that's, uh, you know, if it's true, if we can if we can get on that, Cecil will be in Philadelphia overnight. We'll get a, we might get a live uh, report from Tom Robinson about that. Good. All right, folks. In the meantime, in between time, stay healthy, stay safe, take care of yourselves. Um, I guess you can take care of each other if you want to. Tim, anything? So we we've got to do an ending like uh, like uh, the Waltons, you know. Good night, Nick. <laughs> Good night, Ed. <laughs> Good night, Armando. Good night, Danielle. Night, Armando. Night, Scott Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right, that's yeah. it. We'll see y'all next week. Uh, yeah. we're out of here. Thanks for listening to this broadcast on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump. You can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash widemencantjump for more exclusive content only available to our Patreon members. You can find this program and others like it on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. Just search Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks to our sponsors, the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. Stripcamfun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, located at Facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, and Stay Classy Meats, where you can check them out at StayClassyMeats.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Follow us on Twitter at WideJump, and be sure to keep up with all the content that's being posted there. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Wide Men Radio Network.